We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, just after 3 o'clock in the nation's capital. An hour to go. We'll still have our NFL Sunday. Six-pack, dum-dum of the day. Try and squeeze in as many of your calls as we can. Eagles commanders coming up on Sunday, but right now it's time to rewind and take a look back at some of the history of this franchise and uh, one of its most interesting members, if you will, of the long and sometimes sordid and sometimes glorious history of the Washington Redskins, of course, is George Allen. And for those of you that weren't alive back then, uh, when he was here, you certainly know the Allen name, and many of you probably associated it for bad reasons, but George Allen was a football coach's football coach, and here to talk about that is the author of the new book, George Allen, A Football Life, with the foreword by Dick Vermeil, my guy Mike Richmond, longtime historian of the organization, and good dude, and he's with us on the BetQL guest hotline. Mike, good to talk to you. As always, congratulations uh, on the book. Again, George Allen, A Football Life, with uh, Dick Vermeil contributing. Absolutely. Welcome aboard. Um, I I guess, you know, I wanted to ask you, I, I don't remember if we talked about this in the press box at one point what made you I mean obviously you do a lot of historical work with this franchise and George Allen was clearly one of the 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 faces of that is that what drove you to do this book or was there some other reason those are our two different elements of it which influenced me to to write the book Uh, basically Having done all this historical work, writing the Redskins Encyclopedia, the Redskins Vault, uh, Joe Gibbs and Enduring Legacy, I've learned so much about about the history of the team. And but I felt that that George Allen was the missing piece. And I'll go back to uh, I was certainly someone who was alive when he was uh, coaching here in the 1970s. I grew up with that Redskin team. Uh, I lived vicariously through the through George Allen and those players, and then. You know, having chosen journalism as a career and having such a love for history, you know, I put all the pieces together and I, I thought it was incumbent upon me to write a biography on George Allen. I mean, I, a definitive biography on this man, and he certainly deserves it and his life uh, needed to be explored. And, and I felt I was the person to do that. All right. No doubt. Uh, I mean, you would have the most knowledge of that. I mean, maybe outside of his family, who I know contributed heavily to the book. Before we get there, how would you, based on your research, based on what you wrote, how would you define George Allen? What I, I understand, like, you know, obviously I wasn't, I was a, 
a baby back then, uh, and I certainly wasn't here. But he was—he seems to be one of these old school football coaches that just worked twenty-four hours a day. Exactly. Yes, he was one of the first twenty-four-seven coaches in the NFL. I'm not going to say he was the first. I mean, George Hallis, his uh, top mentor, was certainly one of those guys. Sid Gilman, another coach uh, that Allen uh, uh, coached under, uh, he was the same way. But Allen learned from those guys, and he he took it to that next level. He was really, really 24-7. I mean, we, we often think that Joe Gibbs was the only coach who sort of like slept in his office, mm-hmm. you know, on the days of uh, when he coached. George Allen was in there, too. He was in there night and day and uh, watching the films. He was so serious about about watching those tapes and films and knowing everything he could possibly know about the opposing team. As the saying goes, you know, he wanted to know those teams better than they knew themselves. And he just devoted himself so much to, it was detail, detail, detail. I mean, that's, that's the way he was. He was also a a very eccentric figure. I mean, he had his, his own ways of actually, um, for instance, to, to save on time, he didn't want to chew. Yeah. He cut off the ends of bread. I, re- I, I, read, the, I read that anecdote, and, and I was like, what? Huh? Huh? That was George what? Allen. He wanted all the time he possibly right. could right. To, uh, to devote to coaching. He actually he didn't sleep a whole lot. He wanted that time to, to focus on coaching. You know, uh, one of his nicknames was Ice Cream. Mm-hmm. And the reason being, back to his eating habits, uh, he wanted something that was very easy to consume, and that would be, you know, very fast to swallow so he could focus on coaching that was george allen mike richmond is the author of george allen a football life again the forward by dick for available uh shortly uh right it's, it's not available just yet or or the official the, the official date of release is november 1st it's okay. right around the corner right i have copies of the book already uh anyone can uh, get an author autographed copy uh, through my my website uh, mike at mikerichmondjournalist.com uh, so i have those available the official release date is november 1st it's going to which is the date basically they're they're targeting for it to be in in the stores right right around the corner of course here at the end of october um so some of this maniacal preparation and 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 consumption of football at a time where you know film and tape I mean obviously it's a completely different game you can literally punch a button anywhere and pull up you know a team's third down and and nine plays or whatever I mean so clearly it was much harder to do this job back then but did did some of that maniacal behavior knowledge work ethic what have you lead to some of the friction he had with owners and people that he worked with. Yes, uh, it, it wasn't so much that that total devotion and and the work ethic. I mean, I mean just yeah, he was a very he was isolated in 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 the fact that um, he he didn't want to spend a whole lot of time with with the owners and he didn't really you know convey to them everything that they they really wanted to know. In that sense, yes. I mean, he was very introverted. Uh, in that respect, but what the what those owners really really disliked about him were spending habits. I mean, he just really to get those veteran players, which he focused on so much, as you mm-hmm. know, as an NFL coach with both the Los Angeles Rams, and then he took it to uh, just a totally new level with the Redskins. I mean, he had he had to pay a lot of money to get those veteran players in there, and but he had and and you know talking about a lack of technology. I mean, he had these players; he could find one immediately on his rolodex. I mean, he had, for instance, when Rosie Greer 
one of the fearsome foursome went down in the 1966 uh, preseason, 1967 preseason, he had Roger Brown available right away. Roger Brown, the great defensive lineman on the Detroit Lions at the time, he had him available right away. I mean, he, he got him. I mean, it was a, he had to, you know, put up a lot in terms of a, of a trade, mm-hmm. but he got Roger Brown and the fearsome foursome kept rolling in that 67 season, by the way, I think was Allen's best overall year of coaching in the NFL. George Allen, uh, Football Life is the name of the new book from my guy Mike Richmond, a longtime NFL and Redskins historian, uh, and again, the forward by Dick Vermeil. Uh, we'll put up all the uh, you know requisite information on how you can get an early uh, version of the book, but it'll be widely available uh, again starting November 1st. He's with us on the BeckQL guest hotline. Um, so, I mean, obviously, unf- and unfortunately for George's legacy, he... Um, you you know, the name Allen, of course, is not held in high regard right now and maybe never will be again here in Washington because of Bruce's 10-year run here as president and so on and so forth. Um, Do you think, before I ask you about Bruce's involvement in the book, do you think that some of George's history and legacy and accomplishments will be permanently overlooked, overshadowed, dismissed because of how, I guess, controversial his son's tenure was here in Washington. I'm going to respectfully disagree with that, Chris. I I do not think that it's going to taint his father's accomplishments in any way. I mean, George Allen, the coach, he's he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I mean, he's number three all-time for coaches with at least 100 career victories in winning percentage, 7-12. Uh, John Madden's number one, Lombardi two. So I, I personally do not think it's going to taint his, his accomplishments. I know Bruce Allen, you know, there were plenty of controversies while he was here. Uh, but no, I, I, I do not think that it, that will be the case. No problem. Uh, just wanted to ask. Uh, well, let's speak of Bruce. I, I understand he was a large helping hand in helping shape this book with you or at least giving you uh, the perspective as, as his son. What did, you know, what did Bruce, um, I, I guess, in general, I mean, I'm sure he, I, I know he was, you know, he, he thought of his father very highly. Was there anything that you were shocked to learn, surprised to learn, anything that you were like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that, about George through Bruce? Uh Bruce was was a tremendous source for me in terms of insight into his father. Bruce was literally on the front lines of of his in his father's coaching days, uh, starting primarily when Bruce was a ball boy mm-hmm. for the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Allen's first season coaching there was 1966. Bruce was immediately a ball boy, so he was front and center uh, with not only the Rams but also the Redskins as well. Uh, Bruce was a ball boy probably up until the time that he. Uh, was either graduated from Langley High School uh, or was close to graduation. So, so he was he was right there, and just the tremendous anecdotes that he shared uh, about his father. I mean, it it just it, it made the book all the you know the more colorful. Um, and and George Felix Allen, uh, the other son, the older uh, son, he was he was a tremendous source as well. As was Jennifer Allen. Mm-hmm. Those three in the Allen family were instrumental in in shaping. The, the the way in this book really uh, it, it brings their father's um, name and it brings it to life, you know, with everything that they shared. Um, one interesting question I, I thought I, I had a number of interesting questions for, for all of them, but one question I had for Bruce was 
his father was so good at finding rookie talent, mm-hmm. great rookie players when he was the head talent scout for the Chicago Bears, which would be, would be the equivalent of a general manager today. He found Mike Ditka, uh, uh, um, Sayers, Butkus in the 65 draft, which is arguably you know, one of the greatest drafts in, in NFL history. Both of those guys were first ballot yep. inductees into the Hall of Fame. So he had this, this such a tremendous, such a keen eye for, for rookie talent at that time. I said, Bruce, why then – when he got to the NFL as, as a head coach, why did he focus so much on veteran players? Why was he so dependent on them? And Bruce explained that it was because the, the role and the, the, the pressure that a head, NFL head coach uh, was under, it was all changing at that time. His first NFL head coaching job was in 1966 with the Rams. It was becoming much more high-pressured at the time, and he felt that getting those veteran players in, he would, would uh, enable – his teams to win much faster. And as you know, uh, George Allen had the saying, the future is now. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he coined that in 1971, his first year with the Redskins. He always held true to that motto. Mike Richman with us again, George Allen, a football life forward by Dick Vermeil, uh, available uh, now and shortly everywhere. Uh, and we'll put up all the information for you so you can get a hold of this book. Um, I wanted to ask you before we run out of time, the 72 season, obviously, <coughs> excuse me, great season, playoff run. They beat the Cowboys, all that. They get to the Super Bowl and lose to the Dolphins, and the Dolphins remain and are still the only undefeated team in NFL history. How much – I mean, he's obviously got a tremendous legacy as it is. You mentioned a lot of his accomplishments, Hall of Fame, this, that, and the other thing. How much do you think, I guess, George's legacy would have been shaped differently or better or more or whatever if they would have actually been able to pull off that win and that upset over the Dolphins? Right, I think he would have been up there much closer to uh, to like the all time greats today. He wouldn't be one of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, he definitely wouldn't have made the NFL Films uh, 100 Greatest uh, Team in, in uh, 2019 among the coaches. But it, it definitely would have elevated him in terms of stature among the the all time greatest coaches, and would have pushed him closer to his, his contemporaries at the time: uh, uh, Chuck Noll, um, Landry. Uh, Shula, for that matter, and Shula and uh, and Landry were were two of his top rivals. Um, it would have pushed him closer to them, and they were those Redskins were very close to to winning that game. Actually, uh, uh, it was only fourteen to seven, and and they were right there at the end. Um, so, yeah, in, in answer to your question, in, his uh, his legacy would have been uh, much brighter today, but he wouldn't be among like the all time elite coaches he wouldn't be like a lombardi or anything right like that. right right what was besides a ferocious work ethic and 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 all of the things that you've already explained what 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 else was he known for if you will in terms of his style or his uh, you know like landry is 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 long known as you know this revolutionary you know kind of designer of certain things that we still see in in football today what what was george's i guess impact his two major factors that got him into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and, and you know, and actually this is a uh, bit of a reflection on the fact that he never won a Super Bowl, but the fact that he was such a great innovator in the game, defense and special teams, those were his fortes. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he had these um, pioneering uh, schemes on defense, the, uh, the nickelback, the, the dime defenses, the, the five and six uh, defensive backs, uh, special teams, 
he was the the true the like the first coach who put so much emphasis on special teams. He made special teams special. I mean, his hiring of Vermeil in 1969 as the Rams special teams coach came the same year that Marv Levy was hired as the first uh, as the other first uh, special teams coach in the NFL mm. for the Philadelphia Eagles. So he put so much emphasis on special teams. And let me give you just one little example. Uh, I, I'm, this is details and special teams. In 1976, Allen brought Bill Malinchek back from Wall Street. And Malinchek was like a uh, commodities broker on Wall Street or something toward the end of the 76 season. And George Allen said, listen, we got to bring you back. I, I got something up up my sleeve. I, you know, I know you're going to block a punt or whatever. And sure enough, in the season-ending regular season game against the Cowboys that year, Malinchak blocked a punt. He blocked Danny White's punt in the season-ending game. The Redskins won that game and went to the playoffs mm. that year in 76. So that was George Allen in details. He knew something about Danny White, whatever, whatever positioning or the blocking of the Cowboys or whatever. He thought Malinchak would get through, who was a great punt blocker. So that was George Allen and uh, just focus on special teams and, and, uh, and details. Well, you know, th- that makes me happy because I'm a big special teams guy and, and I, I care way more about special teams than I probably – uh, should one last thing, Mike? Um, I, so I didn't realize this, and maybe I missed it during during one of your answers. He coached literally, like, um, like right up until his death, right? Uh, he, that, yeah, he he coached. You could say he coached until the day he died. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he was the he was the head coach at Long Beach right, State, right? In in the nineteen ninety season. First right. of all, everybody was just bewildered over the fact that he he took that job at Long Beach State, which right. was one of the lowliest Division One programs at the time. They had a winning season. They were six and five that year. So about a month after, month and a half after their season-ending game, he he passed away. It was um, mm. uh, December thirty-first, New Year's Eve, nineteen ninety, December thirty-first. Mm. And the I know that this story's been passed down, and it was heavily reported at the time that it was because of the. Um, the, the water drenching that he took after the season-ending game, which, which right, secured right. Their, their winning record for the season. Uh, the Allen family did its own private autopsy, and um, it, they, it, that was not the direct conclusion, that it was because of that, you know, the Gatorade or the water drenching or whatever. Um, so, like, even uh, his daughter, uh, Jennifer, told me that he had he was uh, diagnosed with something related to AFib about, you know, a year before that, and he never did anything about it. So he, he could have been, you know, he could have had some cardio issue uh, going back, and it, he just, you know, never did anything about it. And uh, so then maybe the water drenching exacerbated it. Right. One sixteen forty seven and 5 two-time NFL Coach of the Year, 80 greatest Redskins, Commanders, Ring of Fame, but only two and seven in the playoffs. So, you know, according to some, that must mean he sucks because if you can't win in the playoffs, uh, it doesn't matter what you do. Uh, and I'm obviously being facetious and I'm teasing here uh, in the uh, postseason, uh, you know, or in the regular season, I should say. It's called George Allen, a football life. We'll put up uh, all the links and all the information shortly. Mike Richmond, the author, uh, and has done great work. Uh, if you've missed any of Mike's stuff, I, again, he's covered this team uh, in, from a historic perspective in so many ways uh the redskins football vault and uh you know i I mean just the redskins encyclopedia and so much more uh make sure you give mike a look if you haven't already mike thank you so much look forward to seeing you sometime soon if not sunday okay thank you very much chris and thank you for all of your support with with all my literary work and broadcasting work throughout the years you've always been there for me thank you you very much uh pleasure uh thank you mike mike richmond with us again george allen a football life good spot there uh so much that i didn't even know 
about George Allen, right? I mean, the fact that he literally, as Mike just detailed, coached up until his death at Long Beach State. You know, and again, Bruce did not let us in. I would have loved, I would have loved to sit down and had a couple of beers with Bruce because he was not shy about that and just learned about his life and his legacy and his dad and all that stuff. Never had any interest. But I'm glad he was good to Mike because, you know, again, Mike was able to put this book together because, in part, you know, Bruce's willingness to do it and to talk about his dad. So go get the book. We'll put up all the links and information uh, on social media. Appreciate Mike for joining us. Back in a flash. Paulie and more. Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. Can I take this now? Or I can take this now? All right. Hang on, Paulie. I, I got to. They're telling me JP in, in, in Bethesda is on the line. JP, is this you? JP? Oh, it's, oh, it's JP the kid. JP the kid. That's oh, right. Maddie didn't say it was JP the kid. I thought it was just some some normal jabroni named JP. You know something you and I have in common? Yeah. What's that? Uh, Bruce Allen had no interest in having a beer with me either. <laughs> but I'm bummed. That was great. That was well done. I, I like it. I, I, I mean, to, what a I weird, what a weird human me. being. Ultimately, right? Yeah, I think he just. You know, that era of, of the Redskins leadership just looked at the media as an annoyance. And, they, you know, there was an era there was an era of arrogance that they didn't need it, right? And uh, I think that came from Dan. Also, yep. I, I, you know, there are folks I know in the media that Bruce has been very good to over the years. Mm-hmm. And they, I, I've, I've had multiple people tell me, like, I don't know why he's like that with you guys. He was never like that. Yeah. Here or there. Or elsewhere. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you because uh, 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 I don't know if you know, but uh, a friend of mine, JT the Brick, who's done national radio, you know, forever, and I, you know, I used to work with JT uh, a couple of different times. I mean, he couldn't understand why I was so critical of Bruce throughout his tenure. I mean, he was really upset about it um, and thought I was completely unfair. Maybe I was, JP. I, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I, I maybe I took some things personally that I shouldn't have, but. I mean, yeah. it is what it is. I mean, he, like, largely his tenure was not only a, a disappointment, but in some ways a disaster, and that might be light. Yeah. I mean, I, I tried to never go to the personal side of stuff. I just thought the record was bad enough that yeah. that's kind of what I focused on. But, dude, you know what's crazy? And, and I don't mean this lightly. It, 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 the Ron era has kind of unfolded similarly to the Bruce era. Just like aggressive mediocrity, hmm. questionable personnel decisions. Hmm. You know, I mean, it really has. Yeah, I didn't think like, about it from that perspective. That's about, interesting. I'm not talking off the field, yeah. right? Because there was a whole slew of things. Right. But, like, the on-field product, I mean, they're still floating around 500, a little below, not winning playoff games. Like, it's not... Here's the one thing that I would counter that, JP, and and I can't remember if you were on the beat every day at this point or not. You know, Ron's now, look, as mediocre as the product is, and it is mediocre forever. You know, Ron Ron has never bottomed out the way Bruce bottomed out uh, in 13 and 14, 4 and 12 and 3 and 13, uh, with the absolute debacles that were in those two years. 
And again, in 19, they bottomed out. Yeah, yeah. Which was crazy. I mean, in the Dan era, hell, even Coach Joe bottomed out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, you're right. You're the right. The bottom just fell out. I don't know. I was calling you earlier. I don't even know why. I, I, oh, I Something about the you. Patriots, right? Yeah, well, you were, ta- you were talking. So I was just listening to you. I went and got my hair cut. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. And uh, it looks fantastic. And, um, I mean, can you send us a picture I, so so we, we can see it? I'll text you a picture of my hair, no problem. Okay, good. All of them are just the ones that were cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, well, I, I mean, I'll I'll take all of the ones that were cut. I mean, I I got nothing better to do. That this is getting weird. Look, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to refocus. Okay. Um, you were talking about going to the Boston game. Yeah. To the Patriots oh, game, yeah. and I just want you to know. That I want that to happen very much, <laughs> um, and, and I'm curious if, if, when you would leave. You'd probably leave Loudoun County about eight a.m. to get to Foxborough. Uh, you, you know, JP the kid. I, you know, I, me personally, not being the best traveler, especially for Sunday one o'clock games in the Northeast. Even I would probably have to leave no later than. I was thinking 2.30 in the morning, uh, which means it's not happening. And I, I just after the last two disasters, again, furthermore, it is not happening. I know you want to see it. Uh, I just can't <laughs> deliver. Now, now here's my question. Can I hop in the NBC4 helicopter that's going to bring you and Kerwin to Boston and Gillette Stadium? Uh, there is an NBC4 helicopter. I've never been in it. So oh, let me be clear about oh, that. Oh, that is disappointing. Uh, News Chopper 4, baby. Remember, we scooped the uh, commander's name. <laughs> that is <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. But I thought that's how you get to all the road games. Yeah, I mean, you're doing this? No, uh, I, I, uh, I maybe. Uh, I, I drove to New York. Um, I drove. Here's the remarkable thing. You mean they don't put you up in first class? Uh, like I, I, you know, I, I thought that was in your contract. I'm in a beat up Toyota Tacoma. That's how I arrived <laughs> in Philadelphia and in New York. And you, you and I both drove to those games. I just somehow got there on time. Yeah. Oh, I mean, listen. You're. you're uh, here, here's one thing that we can probably say: the difference between me and you is. You know, A, you're, you're definitely more fit for TV than I am. That's one. Uh, two, you are much more organized. Uh, you are more professional. Uh, you are more... Uh, I think that's more... If someone's calling me organized, that's more about you than it is about me. Well, I'm I'm, exactly. listen, I'm not, I'm not saying it's not, an, you know, it's not a criticism of me. I'm just saying that you are, compared to me, you are definitely more organized and more professional and more on time and more in rhythm than I am. I am going to be late for my own funeral, JP, period. I hear you. You know? So, dude, I actually wanted to ask you this. Yes. And I was defending your name and legacy earlier to Uh-oh. one Jim Mullen. Uh-oh. Well, um, I mean. I do, I do think you know ball at times yes. when you're not being nuts. <laughs> um, do you think... Larson is an upgrade. Yeah, I do. Do you? Yeah. Especially I, against Jordan Davis, who is 350 pounds and quick as a cat. Did you see that Davis might not play? Oh, I didn't see that, no. Yeah, I saw that I saw that from uh, NBC Sports Philly earlier. I, had, 
followed up on it. I'm not saying that, but that is what I heard. Okay. Well, um, that would that would go a long way to helping. But but here's the thing, like Doc did the show with me yesterday before the news even came out from you guys at practice. And I know you at NBC four and Kerwin had, you know, video of it as well. And everyone else took their video and it was like Tyler Larson snapping to Sam Howell. And I I don't think they've made that official or Ron made that official. Maybe I'm wrong, but whatever. I mean, I mean, as before you even had that, I got to give doc his credit. He said, now, you know, doc goes a little over the top, maybe, but he's like, Tyler Larson was my MVP last year. This is the move they should make. And he called Tyler Larson over Nick Gates. Not Ricky Stromberg. Tyler Larson over Nick Gates. Now, are you upset if Larson plays, which it looks like he will, and not Stromberg? And and if Stromberg doesn't even play at left guard for Sadiq Charles, who I know has already been ruled out, would you be upset about that? I mean, this is a doc stat if there ever was one. And it's an oversimplification, understanding that. But they were 6-1-1 one, one with Larson starting last year. 6-1-1. One, one. It's pretty significant. Yeah. Um, but my bigger problem is, is the evaluators. Is You sign Gates for three years, 16 mil. That's fake. It's a one-year, $8 million deal. You guaranteed him 8 mil, and you're benching him in week eight. Like yep. that, I have a problem with um, that you signed a center – and then drafted one in the third round is problematic, and you're not playing either of them is further problematic. So, like, there's there's all these competing mindsets, right? Like, like the coach needs to win this week, that right? So go to Larson. The GM, in what looks like probably a lost season, though it's too premature to decide, the GM would probably want to see what they've got in Stromberg. Or you put Gates at guard and then see what you got in Stromberg. Whatever combination of that. But, like, you have the intersection of what the coach needs and the GM needs because it's the same person. And it, I think I think there have been times where it doesn't work, but I think this year where you're trying to chase a wild card spot and you're trying to develop a young quarterback, those are not parallel tracks. Those are perpendicular tracks. Mm-hmm. And I think we're seeing that intersection over and over. And I don't – no, I don't believe it's going to have strong results. Yeah, I could do this forever, JP the Kid. You got to come in studio one time, huh? I, Essex doesn't let me in there, dude. Well, he is the keeper of the gate, so I mean, whatever. He's already yelling at me that I've blown three breaks in a row now. Hey, will you do me a favor? Yeah. Tell Polly. I Polly used to call us, and now he doesn't. So well, that's because I keep him on hold during my show. <laughs> Man. For like Smart an hour man. and a half. Thank you, JP the kid. Safe travels uh, to. Uh, la- I'll see you on Sunday. Okay, I promise I will not. I promise I will not be late. You know why? Because I got to do a show for CBS Sports Radio at 10 a.m. from FedEx Field, not from the press box though. From a super secret location. I'm, I'm going to be in Josh Harris's suite. Good for you. I hope yeah. the food's good. Yeah, well, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be better than what we get. Thank you, JP. Appreciate you. Goodbye. That is J.P. Finley. Of course, listen to him Monday through Friday, 10 to 2, with B. Mitch on the fan and NBC4. Back in a flash. Paulie, hang on. We're coming at you. Sanchez as well. We'll squeeze you all in. Plus our picks all to come in the next half an hour. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, our picks coming up. NFL Super Sunday six-pack. Brutal last week. One and five. 16, 17, and three on the year. But first, without further ado, JP mentioned him. <coughs> And now we're going to pick up on him. I don't know if he was mad that we're picking up on him, but Paulie is with us right here on the Team 980. What up, Paulie? Hell to the W, man. What's going on, Rufio? What's shaking, Paulie? Now, I don't know where I should attack you at first, man. Oh, please, I, I wasn't please. planning to call to attack. Okay. But really, that, that's what you tell him, man? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's going to say, I don't call it. Call his show no more. He's going to say, because I got him all over. I'm teasing on, for crying out know. loud. How about feeling some? How about feeling good that I've been loyal to nine eighty and I, I ain't jump ship like I, a lot of other people. I man. I love you, Paulie. That's why I want you on. You're a big part of the show. Nah, nah man. Nah, man. Things like oh, I'm a big part of the show. You want me on? That's why you. That's why you and the whale talk forty five minutes about <laughs> wearing G string bikinis and then say, well, this, the show is just not about calls. We got other important <laughs> stuff to talk about. But you talk about G string men uh. in G string bikinis. For thirty minutes. Oh, yeah, you guys on. are funny, man. Come on, funny. Come hey, look, on. but um, <laughs> hey, but look, <clears throat> I figure out what's wrong with what's wrong with Ron. What's wrong with Ron? He he got dyslexia, man. <laughs> he does everything backwards. Mm-hmm. He got to have coaching dyslexia. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because we we asked this question at the start of the season. Is this about developing Sam Howell, or is this about winning games to save your job? And clearly he has given us our answer. It's not about winning games to save your job. Right. Because if it was about winning games to save your job, you would have found a strategy, you and your offensive coordinator, and you're right, you cannot not criticize the enemy what's going on regardless of what their game plan is you yeah. got to be smart yeah you know you I mean? and i agree on this and we're going to agree on something else because we've been agreeing on this point for at least the past two seasons right 
This team should have been a running football team this year. That's how you should have developed Sam Howe. Mm-hmm. And, and I know people heard me on the radio, probably heard, probably heard me on my own show or whatever, and I'm going I'm, I'm, to say it again. The team that we're playing on Sunday, the Philadelphia Eagles, had the blueprint. Seriano tried throwing the ball around his first year with, with Jalen Hurts, and he sucked at it. They was a bad team. And then they came out and started running the ball. And by the end of the season, they was the best running team in the league, and they earned themselves a wild card berth to the playoffs, where they got beat. You know, they was, I think Tampa beat them that year. You know, they was overmatched. You know, Hurts wasn't ready. But then the next year, in his second year starting, they brought him in some weapons, and they opened up the offense more because he went through a whole season as a professional quarterback. So on top of Sam Howe learning how to be a professional NFL quarterback, you have him dropping back to 55 straight passes. You know, that's not smart. That's not conducive to, to developing a quarterback or winning football. So they should have been a running team this year. Mm-hmm. And Ron has to take most of that responsibility. We can criticize Eric Bieniemy all we want to, and it's well-deserved. He's done some good things, and he's done some bad things, so he deserved the criticism. But at the end of the day, the buck stops at Ron. Because Ron can walk down that hall and knock on his, knock on his door mm-hmm. and say, you know what? We're going to be two to, two to one run heavy, regardless of what's going on, regardless of the score of the game. That's how we're going to move. That's what we're going to do moving forward. And I think that's the best way we can develop Sam Howell from, from here. Like you said, I don't think he's sinking. You, you threw out that analogy earlier. They wanted to see if he was going to uh, sink in the boat. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's sinking, but he sure is, is emptying a lot of buckets of water. You know what I mean? He sure, he's trying to get the water out the boat with the buckets. He, he's doing that. He, yeah. he, he's trying to stay afloat. Yeah. You know what I mean? But at this point, man, the best you, uh, you, you see Chris Rodriguez to run the ball. You already know with uh with uh, Antonio um sorry, Antonio B Rob B Rob could do with the ball, and you have Antonio Gibson. Yep. Yeah, I want I want to see Chris Rodriguez get uh, like 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 no. some real legitimate co- no, no. cohesive work here. No, no, no. I need to see B Rob get some real legitimate cohesive working. I heard uh, Linnell say the other day, he's the best running back. No, he's not. Name me the last time. Chris Rodriguez got in the night. This is not a fight against Chris Rodriguez. I like Chris Rodriguez. He got in the game last week, right? He had nine plays in the game, seven carries. And, and at one point, I think I seen him carry the ball three times in a row. Tell me the last time you seen B-Rob carry the ball three times in a row. Like, what's that? Nine plays and seven carries. What's that, what's that percentage? 87 uh, percent? Yeah. So 80, 80, 80% of the snaps in the game, he carried the rock. Let me give give B Rob the ball eighty percent of the time. And let's see what his numbers come what up. What I with. what I don't what I don't know, Paulie, is is what their issue with Brian Robinson is, other than what we already knew, which is he doesn't have breakaway speed, but he does everything else when you give him a chance to get the oil running through the engine. Well, and they have. They wanted a guy with. They wanted a guy with pure breakaway speed. Yeah. It was Keaton and Robinson. Yeah, Gibson the ball. Right. Yeah, I know he laid it on the ground right. a couple of times. Well, that's but, the problem with that. Still, that yeah. if, but, but, but I'm just saying, if if that's what they was looking for, a home run hitter, they would have given him the ball. Not only that, they would have drafted a home run hitter in the draft. Right. They didn't draft the home. Right. Run they wanted a physical Isaiah another, Pacheco type of presence. Yeah. Power back yep. exactly. So I got you. I don't have no problems giving Rodriguez the ball. But I think, you know, if Rodriguez ha- has uh, 12 to 15 carries, 
Um, um, Robinson should have twenty-two to twenty-five That's fine. carries. I'd let. I, I'd be more than happy ball, with that. Man. I'd they be happy. They want to salvage the season. Yeah. They want to salvage the season. Run the ball. Yep. I agree. And especially if Jordan Davis, like JP mentioned, especially if Jordan Davis might not play or is banged up or can't play the same usual amount. And I I mentioned earlier in the show, run to the edges. I don't care. I don't care if they had Jordan Davis, Warren Sapp, and Wim Refrigerator Perry. Run the damn ball, man. I'm just saying it'll make it. It'll just make it a little easier. I got you. I got you. I got you. All right. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate you. We got to go. I didn't gong you. Matt gonged you. Uh, do we have uh, something here or, or no? Yes, we do. Okay. How? They're spraying the play. Damn it! The hell? You can't do that on third down! Damn! <laughs> Sanchez, you were... I mean, this is turning into a weekly tradition. I love it. I love it, man. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had to CC you in on it this yes. time, uh, Rooster. But uh, that a boy. Know, the funny story is, I was I was driving in Virginia when Paulie got on the call. I'm in Tennessee now, <laughs> so that tells you how long he takes uh, on the. I phone. couldn't get him uh, to shut uh, up. I I mean, yeah, imagine yeah. I could not get him to shut up, <laughs> and we were agreeing. Hey, that's what we do every Sunday when he calls and sits on the couch after. He needs this treatment, but Rooster, I'm just going to tell you like this. I, I almost didn't call in because every time I call you on game week, uh, we wound up losing. So Uh-oh. just take the Eagles into six points. That, that's, uh, an, but, that's an ominous presence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's, that, that's a lot of pressure on me, man. Right. But I, I look at it this way. Um, you got to focus on running the football. You got to play sound defense. Uh, the arrogance between Ron and Jack, and EB is uh, – it almost makes me want to vomit sometimes. You guys didn't invent football. You're getting your ass beat in every single time. Just go out there and put, put a simple game plan together. It doesn't need to be complex. Like Paulie said, go out there and run the ball. Jack, adjust. Don't put some young pup on A.J. Brown. Put your best corner on it. I mean, if Kendall's going to get beat up, we can take him to CPS in uh, Prince George's County on Monday, <laughs> and uh, A.J. Brown can pay child support. It don't matter at that point. Uh, but, yeah, got to go out there, play some sound defense, and you could win. Uh, I don't think we're going to win, but, you know, it is what it is. And hopefully there might be something to celebrate, and I might, like, burn my house down or something because I'm so happy uh, and I left the stove on. But, you know, it is what it is. You guys have a great weekend. I love you, fellas, and I'll talk to you next week. Don't burn week, things down, Sanchez. We love you, too, and I love the reactions. That's why we uh, why we play it before your call. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful stuff. Good to hear from our guy, Sanchez. All right, it is time now for our NFL Super Sunday six-pack. We'll roll through these. 16, 17, and 3 on the year against the spread. 1 and 5 last year after a, last week after a 6 and 0 week the week before. So we are up and down. Sometimes we show up at 232 like the Commanders for a 102 game. Let's hope we do better. All right. Let's hope we do better. On both sides of the ball. Colts plus the 1. Home dogs. Slight home dogs. To the New Orleans Saints who suck on offense. And Chris Olave was arrested this week, so who knows what hit, where his head is. I'll take the Colts with Gardner Minshew as their quarterback plus one. I'm going to take the Texans on the road, minus the three and a half 
against the awful, woeful Frank Reich-led Carolina Panthers. Analytics be damned. I don't care about David Tepper. Texans minus the three and a half. I'm going to do this and bank on the fact that the Dallas Cowboys are going to be rusty coming off the bye and maybe overlooking new data, Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Rams. Give me the Rams plus six and a half on the road against the Dallas Cowboys. And I wouldn't be shocked if the Rams win that game straight up. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, Jarrah. In the battle of East Rutherford, New Jersey, the New York Giants, once again without Daniel Jones, the New York Jets coming off their bye. See, unlike the Cowboys, I have a little bit more faith in the Jets, even though your buddy Sean Marash, Maraz, Marash, what's his name? Maraz. Maraz, but his real name is Marash, right, isn't Correct. it? Okay, I screwed that up. CBS Sports Radio, even though he's blasting Zach Wilson for going pumpkin picking and apple uh, eating with his girlfriend, who's hot. I'm going to take the Jets. What? How old is she? Uh, well, she she appears to be age appropriate and not like 42. Hey, do what, do what you got to do. God love Zach Wilson. Made a lot of money, and uh, he's done a lot of other things that, uh, you know, all of us boys wish we could. Jets! The J-E-G-S! Minus the three over the Giants without Daniel Jones again. In East Rutherford, I think it's technically a Jets game. Jets defense and pass rush will get to the Giants. And the Giants won't, by the way, blitz as much as they did. They'll blitz, but they won't blitz as much as they did Sam Howell. Final game before we get to the Commanders. Sam Darnold going to start a quarterback, it looks like, for the San Francisco 49ers. Short week. Defense exposed last week. Joe Burrow and the Bengals come into Levi Stadium. Give me the Bungles. Jeff and Vienna's Bengals, three and a half. And I told you, the Commanders lose. But I've got them plus the seven covering. Give me 24-21 birds. Commanders plus the seven. Colts plus the one. Texans minus three and a half. Rams plus six and a half over the Cowboys. Jets minus three over the Giants. Commanders plus seven over the Eagles. Bengals plus three and a half over the 49ers. And that's our picks. Dumb dumb of the day in just a flash. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, no, you haven't. We got to go quick. Mark Solareth coming up with Craig Hoffman right at the start of his show. It is time. It's time for Dumb Dumb of the Day. Uh, here's why you shouldn't be a sugar daddy ever. A Las Vegas woman charged with grand larceny after she ditched her sugar daddy at a U2 concert at that new eyeball thing in Las Vegas and stole more than $50,000. What? 
Yeah, from his hotel safe, according to police. Ailey McNally, 27. I'm sure she's hot. Arrested last week. They met each other, a man in his 50s, the sugar daddy, on some website called Seeking Arrangements, which I didn't know existed. She went and left the man at the concert, went to the Caesars Palace Hotel and Casino on October 15th, stole the money. The man reported it missing. They had met five weeks before. And, well, they didn't supposedly have sex. Sure. And for that, both of you stink. All right, again, Hoffman Show coming up and next. Have a great weekend. CBS Sports Radio, Sunday morning, 10 a.m. on the Odyssey app. Make sure you listen to me live from FedEx Field, and then I'll be on uh, throughout the game with the updates and all coverage all day long. Thanks to Matt. Thanks to Bilal Koulibaly. Thanks to you. Hoffman next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.